nobody out there is anyone other than you. So if you see somebody that you recognize a little bit, go over and, talk, you know, go find out more about who you are in them. You know, go do that. It's we're, we're in a we're in the business of people. We're in the business of of uh, of creating, and exploring. And it's it's very much a, a, a people business. So do people. Welcome to the Coaching Life Podcast, where we peel back the bull crap and brush away any photoshopping to give you an unfiltered look at what it's like to live a coaching life. Five years ago, I read a book that changed my life. It changed the way I approached my work, what I was focusing on actually in my work. And as a result, it also had a huge impact on my personal life. And it was in LA in September 2013 at the official launch of that book, the book being The Prosperous Coach, um, that I first met today's guests. Now, we didn't really connect that weekend because personally, I didn't really connect with anyone except a coach actually that I hired immediately afterwards. But most of that weekend, I just sat um, at the back in the corner of the room. Um, but that's a whole other story. Um, but it is amusing to look back at that. And still, I noticed this guy. Um, who I think sat towards the front. He had an air about him, very observant, kind of grounded, um, nurturing, seemed, in conversation. And at subsequent events, we did connect. We got to know each other. We've done some work together, and we remain good friends. And five years is a long time in this profession. I know I'm amazed um, when I look back at that quiet, shy British guy who sat at the back of that room um, and I know my guest has been on quite a journey and experienced quite a few changes himself in that time so let's hear about him and that journey hello a very very warm welcome to the gardener of the human spirit Mr Richard Morgan hello <laughs> hello 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 Phil it's so lovely to talk to you again it's been way way too long way way too long so, Richard, by the way, I do love that. Maybe we'll talk about how that came about, the Garden of the Human Spirit. I st every time I see that in your email signature, I think, yep, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Um, but, you know what, let's go back further than that. So can you give us a little bit of backstory? What, what got you into that room um, where we met, in air quotes, uh, five years ago, September 2013, at that book launch? You know, I, I don't remember where I picked up the book, The Prosperous Coach. Um, it got me, list, listening to you got me thinking, where did I pick that book up? Um, but I had already begun on a, on a coaching quest. I started with a, a Tony Robbins uh, event when I first discovered that there are such things as life coaches. I didn't even know that existed. And, and I immediately decide, decided I would become a Tony Robbins coach. Hmm. Started pursuing training and, and so forth. And realized pretty quickly that that there's you know there's sort of the there's the group that sort of is the entry level break you into the idea of coaching yeah. and then there's the, the much deeper much more uh, you know I don't want to make one better than the other but there's there's the type of coaching that that can really affect a person's view of the world um, in a more lasting way and and that wasn't really the Tony Robbins model for me 
um, there was something well beyond that. And, I, and I, when I saw The Prosperous Coach, I, I just knew, particularly it was Steve Chandler, um, I believe, that really, I picked him up through something on Facebook and, and Steve Hardison. So I'd seen some stuff that looked really just organic and, I don't know, mm-hmm. just personable. It was just personable um, type type talking. And anyway, so I, so I just booked myself, a, impetuously booked myself a, a ticket and, and, and flew out there. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, your description of, of the room and, and me sitting at the front. I always went and sat at the front of the room. <laughs> you know, I paid for this thing. Yeah. <laughs> to make sure I got to the front of the room. But, um, but it, it's, it's really incredible to, to look at how little choices like that lead down the road. It just, it's just, you know, you got to keep opening doors, I think, to, to keep going. So One of my favorite things, I say it to, um, I probably say it to everybody, but in particular clients that I'm working with and whatever it is, well, let's just see what happens. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> uh, I'm very much an experimenter. I love, love, I just love experimenting with many things in life. Um, well, well. so how did that turn out for you? And how did that, that weekend, I think you were the next one as well, which was just a couple of months later in December. Is that right? Uh, um, yeah. Um, it became pretty intense for me. So I'm wondering when you look back at that now, how, how, does, how, do, how would you describe those events, the impact of those first couple of events, um, and indeed that guy, Richard Morgan, who was in that room? Yeah, you know, I came I came up against myself pretty quickly, mm. um, and, and that was an interesting thing. At, at the lunchtime, if you remember the the lunchtime uh, challenge of oh, go out, yeah. see how much money you can make, see how many no's you can get. <laughs> you know, these challenges of personal growth, uh, you know, challenge the no, and uh, and I and I immediately called up a uh, uh, a business acquaintance in it from the other business that I was in, and offered to help him sell his business to make far more than he thought, you know, than he could sell it for and to coach him around that. That was my idea of a way to make money. And he profoundly turned me down and basically told me that I was an idiot and didn't know anything compared to him. And it was, it was an awesome. No, it was the best. No ever. Um, and, and it really, it really threw me down on the ground, which was great. Uh, in retrospect, it was great at the time. You know, I didn't know how to integrate that, how to take that emotional experience and make it really useful. So it really was just like a judo flip for me. And and I realized that, all right, there's even more work to do here, which is why I immediately went to the next and the next and the next and kept digging in deeper. Um, you know, I could see that, that I had real limitations as to sort of judgment. And I don't know, I think I was quite asleep at what I was doing. I wanted something that I had no idea even how to approach. And uh, so it was really cool. And, and uh, you know, Steve Chandler is is one of the most loving and, I, you know, I just can't say enough about my experience of him. And, and also Rich, not to leave Rich out of it, Rich Lippin, but, but, um, but Steve particularly was one who left me just – as though loving someone could coach them. Mm-hmm. You know, I had that, that initial experience with him. And, uh, and that was really informative for me because, you know, I like to be smart. I like to think that I'm the smartest guy in the room, but it's not true. I'm, I, it, what's more true is that 
is that I'll love you, like I'll put myself aside as much as possible and I'll, and I'll really listen to you and love you. That's really more, more true about, you know, my, my strength. So, um, you know, that was a great event. It was really quite amazing, you know, really amazing for me. I love that. I have to say, by the way, that you can coach somebody just by, by loving them. And, and what a beautiful summary, really. Because, yeah, I mean, I went through, after that event, that was... Um, one of uh, two events that I went to, that was my f- the first one that I went with both Steve and Rich, and I went to, I went to uh, four of those kind of intensives in total and just got so much from them, so, so, so much from them, both professionally and personally. It's hard to separate the two. Perhaps we can't. Um, and, yeah, another another one with, with, with Steve and Rich that they did in London. And um, it was... It was I love Rich too. Um, there's lots of things we don't see eye to eye on, of course, and that's all. That's all cool with me. Um, but I, I, I immediately decided to go through Steve's school after seeing him that weekend because it just really, it looked like he showed up. There was this kind of disheveled guy showed up. Um, it looked like he he really didn't give a shit at all but that was completely wrong it was like he what he he didn't really give a shit about what you thought of you what what you thought of him he was just going to love you anyway Mm. and it was so moving the stories um that he was sharing that and that's that's probably one of the best things that i've ever done is go through his coaching prosperity school acs um i wonder what kind of personal impact all that stuff because i know yes you immersed yourself um and a lot of richer stuff as well. So I wonder if you reflect on all of that, how that, how that's impacted you personally. Well, you know, um, yeah, I should, I should really look into that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not. I mean, <laughs> how has this affected me? You know, it, it's, <laughs> uh, look, I went to Africa with, with rich on a, on a journey and, oh, yeah. and, my biggest fear was public speaking as, as is for a lot of people. And I get up in front of 400, uh, 400 teachers. I, I was with a group of people, many of whom who were used to getting in front of large crowds or had speaker training or, you know, a lot of them had, had done a lot of work and, and I basically would have a heart attack, literally physically almost have a heart attack at the idea of having to get up in front of more than three or four people. And, and, uh, and I get up in front of, 400 people and I didn't have anything prepared. I was determined. I just knew that that I knew that it was me that they wanted that I could show them and not some bullshit story that I could write. Not, and I don't mean to put down other people's talks because other people practice their talks and and Simon Crow for one just blew me away with his mm. with his uh, presentation that he did. It was amazing. Um, but I got up there and I and I and I just took a breath, sort of put my feet on the ground and, and, you know, told them that I was the kid that they never wanted in class. You know, I was a drug dealer in high school and, and just opened up to them and said, look, you know, the only reason I'm here is because of a teacher and, you know, et cetera. And so, so going and doing all this stuff with, through the prosperous coach, through Rich and Steve, both, um, you know, it was, a, it was a window. It was an opportunity for me to, to dive into places that were really and truly challenging for me. And um, and so I did it. And and I don't know, I was told by, by um, 
by Sprite Loreano, who ran that whole thing, that, that the two most remembered talks out of all the talks was mine and, and, and I think Simon's was the other one. And, and I, you know, that to this day, that just makes, it almost brings tears to my eyes because, mm. you know, it's, it's easy to overlook what you can contribute. It's so easy to overlook it, you know, because you, you, it's the place you fear in most cases. It's the thing you think you're not good enough at or, or you know, that you'd die if you even tried. But, <clears throat> but the reality is that, that, uh, that that's a place if you'll show it, if you'll, if you'll share it, you know, it's, it's a gift. So, <clears throat> so that's, you know, that wasn't direct coaching, but it was like just throwing myself through that whole, every time an opportunity came up and, and Rich was, is a good one for saying, Hey, how about going to Africa with me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> just do it. He's, he's just great at, at, uh, saying, Hey, you know what you should try, try this. And, and I was just like, Hey, all right, I'm, I'll do it. Fine. You know, and I, and I just kept doing it. So it's, I've grown, I've grown a lot, I think into, into less, you know, I've, I've grown <laughs> less, which is much, much easier to handle. And, and I really get that. Like the, the, um, the humorous reluctance, if you like, to even reflect back on, on yourself and, and how this whole journey perhaps has, has impacted you. Cause I, I really get that about you. It's like, well, kind of not that interested in you kind of thing. It's just, just, just doing your work as you, as you say in your wonderful daily emails, just, you know, do the work, show up, be there for others. Yeah. I have a, after, after we speak, I have a meeting um, with a company uh, locally and I got referred in to, to work with the CEO just to, to meet the CEO, not as a, not to coach her, but just to meet her. And I ended up when I got there to meet her, she had set up the whole boardroom and everyone, all the key players in the company were there and sat down and looked at me as if I was going to run a coaching session. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I thought, well, here I go again, you know, <clears throat> and um, in typical form, I, I nothing prepared. I just sat there and kind of looked around the room and, and, and listened to them all. And before we knew it, they, they got into conversations that they had needed to have for a year or two and decided to, to, to realign the company and to, to let go of a division and they made a lot of really, really good beginnings to, to getting themselves grounded. And I've since coached the CEO and, and today I have an appointment to go back and again, work. Um, I'm doing a sort of a bi-monthly meeting with the company and sitting down and just facilitating. Phil, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing, but, but I go there, I try to shave, you know, at least put on a clean shirt and as best I can. I mean, I don't want to look too much like Steve. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I just, I just go there and take a deep breath before I go in. And I, and I always repeat to myself, you know, I know that my ultimate purpose in life is to awaken myself to the joy and fulfillment in each and every moment, especially this one, giving the power to move forward. And I just go in and I do whatever it is. I, I don't know. And, and, um, I don't know. They keep asking me back, and it's it's a cool thing. Um, I mean, you how know? do you, how do you answer that question? Um, is there a particular set way? I'm just I'm already I'm already answering my own question and thinking, well, whatever occurs in the moment. But anyway, uh, how do you answer that question, Richard? When people say to you, "Well, what do you do?" <laughs> um, I I turn it back on. I, mean, I tell them I'm a coach. That's easy. Sim simple thing. What do you do? I'm a coach. Oh, really? Sports? Well, kind of. You know, everyone's a sport to me. 
You know, I joke <laughs> around. I mean, I just, I always just joke around. I'm, you know, I love humor because it used to make my parents stop fighting sometimes. But um, so you know, so I always throw a little humor in. But um, but really, I, I, the first thing to do at that point is just to ask them back and say, what what do you do? What tell me about your, you know, if they really want to know about coaching, I, you know, it's quite easy just to just to say back to them. Um, well, you know, for example, what do you do? Like, what's what's what challenges you? And, and and really and truly, just get a conversation going. Just be interested in the person and and um, and go forward. But the other thing too, Phil, I, like I don't try to create clients specific. Like I don't try to create, clients. Um, and I also don't have a lot of clients. You know, I don't. I don't. I have a friend who has at times had fifty five zero fifty clients Crazy. a week. Yeah, um, no, a thanks. week. Guy is like the hardest working, you know, guy in show business, right? I mean, the guy is just—he's an incredible worker. Um, but um, you know, I don't do that. So I, I have only a few. I work with—I I sort of let the universe show me who to, who's next, and it always ends up being someone who I really need to work with. And and so I just keep being interested, and and a lot of times someone will refer someone to me, and then that seems like who I need to work with next, and and uh, and so I do. And I would say, well, by the way, is that I don't know, you haven't got breakfast muffins in the microwave there that's pinging away? No, you know, I, think I think someone is, uh, <laughs> is texting me, and I don't know how to prevent it. From- okay, no problem. It's, it's all real life, right? So um, I guess one of the things that has really changed for me, yeah, certainly, um, and I get it. This was this is the, something that I took away from um, those events was that possibility. Um, was that oh, everybody can be a client, you know, and always, always looking. Um, to create clients and um, Amir Karkuti talked about that on a previous episode which off the top of my head I think is episode 17 don't know why apart from I mentioned it the other day Um, but anyway um, he spoke about that and he agreed with me that that kind of we got to a stage where we just felt that that's kind of yucky to go through life looking at people as prospects rather than just seeing people and being curious about them um like the the i I, you know what i guess my if i if i summarized my business strategy in one word it would be curiosity um which learned from steve chandler he he would say curiosity is love it's an expression of love and curiosity will get you all the clients you want um so i just allow my natural curiosity to express much more than that shy British guy did um, in the back of that room at the first event, which is what makes me <clears> chuckle now because I couldn't, I couldn't sit there now sitting on my hands and not asking questions about people. Um, I'm, I'm kind of relentless with my curiosity. So, what? How was that for you? How was that? How has that changed? So, first of all, I, I mean, I don't know. If, I, I definitely. Uh, have my own unique sort of coaching thing going on. I've come to realize. Um, so professional coaching, amateur coaching, right? There's a distinction there um, around uh, sort of putting some borders on. If you'd like to do this professionally, let's set up a call. And and so there's a process for all that. And I'm and I'm very aware of that. Um, and the and the prospect coach really has helped me to to delineate that. That aside. I'm going to answer your question a little differently. So, so that aside, um, uh, every day for me is spent trying to figure out who I am, where I am, why I'm here, like what this is all about, and how to experience it even more beautifully. Right? Like to find, like the quality of me 
better, like more, right, in a more beautiful way. Because, hell, I don't know how long, how long I'm going to be here. So I'd like to enjoy it. And, and so that's my constant quest in every day. That translates into when I see someone else who I assume is just my perception of me in another body somehow, when I see that, I... I am just naturally curious because it's it's I like I sense me in whatever I see. So if there's a if there's a discord or if there's a confusion or if there's something, whatever it is there, I, I immediately get I can't help but be curious because if it's not beautiful, then it's me. It's not them. It's right. So so that that drives me and 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 it's interesting because I can be sitting with, you know, I had a client recently who um, had a client recently who was very much involved in the White House and in in politics, but from a financial standpoint. And that's a very divisive place in America these days. Mm-hmm. There's a very strong tribalism. There's a there's a tendency to think for the amygdala to get a little too too busy and think that this is about survival when it's not. We're all doing really well. Everyone has plenty of money for the most part. And the people that don't aren't the ones who are freaking out about the politics and by and large, mm-hmm. just by and large, that's a generalization. But, but the vast majority of people who I see having, you know, a conniption fit over the situation as though they're going to die this afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Is, I mean, it's nothing about that. They're confusing survival with, right. And, and, um, and, and so this particular client was having it was interesting coaching this person i've had people say to me how can you coach anyone who has certain beliefs and i i can only respond back and say how can i not because if it challenges if i come up challenged in it i look at it and say well that's me being challenged if they want help if they if they actually want to help you know want some some guidance with this then it's only me that gets in the way it can't be them that gets in the way and so we worked together for quite a while, and and it was really quite amazing what came up through the course of that. Um, and we're no longer working together, and, and 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 he's gone on his way. But but this involved foreign heads of state, and it was it was a very intricate thing, and it was a, it was a a very very nice fee involved with that. And in the end, I didn't want to renew it. I chose to leave it. Because it no longer for me was a question. I no longer was curious. Mm. That's when I left. I said, I'm no longer curious. I, it's, this, is not a, this is no longer about me in any way. There's no longer anything I have to add. And so, and so we're, you know, and, we le- and, we, and it ended quite easily. You know, when you, what I've come to find is that when, when something is no longer a place where your energy is stored outside of you, it will just go away from your experience, right? And the more energy you put into it outside of yourself, the more it tends to appear in your experience. So it's it's quite a natural process. Someone appears and disappears in my coaching practice, um, really just because of it's my exploration, and I get to get paid for it too. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I love I love it. It's cool. I love how you put that, and I've not 
I've not even heard it like that before, and, and yet, you know, I mean, like, it feels like you are onto something with that, um, definitely onto something with that, and I relate to that, and I'm sure, you know, everybody, or at least most people listening to this would be like, yeah, I, I, I can see that, because it's, it's, it's funny, I think I might have written in one of my ranty posts on Facebook that I do occasionally, um, about this idea that the universe only responds in a positive way to you if you're um, not doing something that's selfish if you're you know, out there to help others. And I always think, well, we can break that down because um, I think we break, we can break anything down. The, the only reason we do anything is to feel good or feel better. Um, like absolutely anything. We can always come back down to that. But also, you know what? If I do something for somebody else, then great. Um, I would probably feel better about myself i will be enjoying life so that is down that's for me but but equally if i'm doing something for me i enjoy life i think we're all in this big soup of energy in any case so that in and of itself also makes the world a better place a more joyful place so there is no such thing as either doing something solely for somebody else or solely for ourselves and Mm. i guess the people out there the non-dualists, the people teaching oneness and what have you, would, would probably agree with that. I'm, I, so I'm curious, Richard, <laughs> about your journey of, I'm going to use a really yucky term here, client acquisition, all right, because just to summarize it, but I think you'll know what I mean by that. Where have clients come from? How have they found you? Um, two aspects to the question, right? So there's one, your perception of what was going on and what you felt you needed to do. And then what was really going on? What was really happening? And I wondered if you could speak to that, like perhaps from what, how that's changed perhaps over the last five years. With regard to client. So, so, okay. So let me put it a little bit more explicitly is, so let's say four years ago, four or five years ago, um, what were you doing in order to create clients or have clients oh. find you? Um, <laughs> uh, and what was that? What was happening in reality? How were they? Uh, how were they becoming clients? And has that changed? And if so, in what way? Yeah, all right. Super. I can actually give a short answer on this one. <laughs> a non-philosophical answer that's a change for me uh, i was trying to convince people and now i just serve them i just help them and and, and it's and then let them do what they want it's that simple mm-hmm. i was trying to convince people all the time of everything everywhere i was trying to convince myself that i was good enough and and i was doing it in front of people and thinking that i was somehow trying to convince them and and now I just, you know, if someone expresses an interest, I, I simply say, great, do you have a phone? Let's, what, what are you doing next Wednesday? Let's talk about that. I'd love to talk to you and find out what that is. And, and if they ask about money, I always just say, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't, don't ask me what bank account. Let's not, why are we talking about money? It's, it has nothing to do with it. We're not at that point. We're not having sex. We're just dating. Let's calm down here. <laughs> and and, and uh, just talk. And, you know, we'll just talk. And I always take it back to that. And I just want to find out more about it. And and, um, and we'll do that until it becomes obvious that, that's, that, that now there would be some actual work that's consistent. And I think the biggest challenge that I still have right now, even today, is, is – um, you know, I ran a lawn 
I ran a landscape company, lawn fertilizing company, for 30 years, which is a long time, evidently, for one. Only 30 years. Wow. <laughs> you know, I looked back, I thought it was a failure in business, right? Most of my business life. And then my son pointed out to me that 30 years is a fairly long time to be successful at a business. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> anyway, anyway, um, you know, in, in, in lawn fertilizing, it's pretty simple. You, someone's got a bad lawn. They want it to look better. They hire me. I make it look better. Either I do or I don't. It's obvious. I get credit for it. You know, they get to enjoy it. And then something comes in and wrecks it. I fix it again. It's a very tangible thing. Mm. Um, and, and, and it renews every year because nature is always going to try to wreck it. And it's, and it's cool. Well, it's really a lot like coaching, except it's somehow less visible and it gets entangled emotionally around this, whether whether you get credit or I get credit, or like who's doing it, and is it selfish or not selfish? And there's all this crap that gets entangled in it. And so I still, even today, have have challenges around. Um, you know, I want to show people my work. I want to show people my nice lawns. I had you know a thousand lawns that I took care of, and they were the best lawns on the street. And my clients are all the best. And the brightest. They are. Like, they are the greenest lawns. They are the most beautiful yards on any street. But, but it's, but there's, like, for me, like, I don't, I can't, I have a, a, a the sense of, like, I can't, bri- I can't take them out and show them to you. Say, look, here, here's this one and that one. And I'll, I'll, I'll vaguely refer to a client who worked in Washington. And even at that, I want to, like, like, well, that's bragging. You know, that's bragging. <laughs> and, and that affects client acquisition for me that sense of look if i make a piece of furniture i can show it to you but if i do work with a with a with a woman who really and truly finds sees life differently like literally experiences her of herself differently um <clears throat> How do I show that? This like, what's where's that piece of furniture? Where's that lawn? Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a hesitancy sometimes for me inside, deep inside, and that's when I go back to this thing. And I want to just come back to this idea of whether it's a selfish act or not. You're doing it for other people. I never do anything for anyone else. Truth. I never do anything for anyone else. That's horseshit. Everything I do is just through my perception of everything. Mm. You know. I see you more in me than I do in you. Much more. If I want to find you, much better I look inside me to, f- to find where it is. And then I look deep enough and I find love and I say, oh, yeah, this Phil. <laughs> and anything other than that isn't you. It's something, I'm, it's something in me. It's so so it, it's this constant. So the work is for me is to always go back to that so that I can help people, so that I actually can be there for them in this, you know, this, this thing we call helping other people. Mm. But, but the truth is, you know, and it's and it's a lot of work. I think a lot of coaches, <clears throat> you know, I've, I've worked with coaches. You've worked with a lot of coaches, too. And and it's always, well, what do I say to people? How do I how do I talk to a client? What do I what do I do? What's the and how how do I go about it? And I always say, look, it's it's not the how it's it's not a how thing, really. And except unless you mean the how is like, how do you see it? Like, how can you see yourself? It's to go inward, not outward. And, and um, I don't know, that went a little astray, but, but it's... I loved it. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. interesting how... how um, it's interesting when it comes down to simple thing like, like just signing up a client to do some work together 
if it were a simple project of of writing some software or you know a pro landscape project <clears throat> right it seems like it's simpler coaching is actually the same thing it just i think there's more i think that there's a ease of emotional entanglement or something that gets in there and that's that's yeah. that's a point i want to like prod there if you like i have a bit of a prod there <clears throat> um because that thing which we've all had going on at various points where we think well i want to i want to convince or i perhaps need to convince this client to work with me or at least i need this client to work with me i want that check um various various um versions of those kind of stories we've all we've all we've all had those and what i get about you what it looks like to me at least is that you have very little on it you have very little on it, and and I relate to that as well. That's probably the bigger one. One of the, one of the shifts for me is you know I did think I was at that place of oh I've I've had times where I'm like I really need a client, but underneath all of that, certainly of late, and when I say of late, I mean over the last three three years or so, is I guess I just simply have learnt, and it it doesn't matter whether I trust the universe or not, but I've I've because what's going to happen happens right so it's kind of even in that respect the trust is irrelevant it's what is going to happen is is to happen mm. whether i trust it or not but i have a better experience of life if i'm trusting rather than doubting and entertaining all these fearful thoughts just i have more joy in life i experience more joy it seems so i wonder for you um what that what What's that like for you? How come you have nothing on it? Because I, I might be a little prov provocative here. People can look at you, Richard, look at your lifestyle and think, okay, so you know you're you're living with uh, a very successful woman. Um, so maybe you don't have the financial constraints or pressures or whatever that you know the solopreneur who's trying to pay their rent at the end of this month might have. What would you What would you say to that? How does does that play any part whatsoever? Has that helped? Um, yeah, does that does that play any part in how you now approach um, all what we've talked about in working with clients? So, <clears throat> so I used to. Um, I used to have 20 yards or, or 100 yards of, of screened loam delivered to a property. And, and sometimes the crew showed up, sometimes the crew didn't. There were times when I had to spread the whole thing myself, had to get all the work done, had to wheelbarrow it out or use a tractor, spread it out, rake the whole thing out by hand. I have, I have uh, three crushed discs on my back, um, 20 plus years of martial arts, popped some discs, you know, got some problems and, and, and I'd still get through that. You know, there were days when I, there was one month I couldn't get out of bed for a month. My neck got broken in a car accident five, six years ago. And, and I was in bed for eight weeks. Um, best things that ever happened to me were those, were, were those days the crew didn't show up the, when my neck got broken, th that was a gift, an absolute gift from God, which I asked for. And I, and I understand it. I know it. I get the whole pro the whole program and I really, really am working still on the learning. So I don't have to repeat it. How does that answer your question? Look, in my last marriage, I was the one with the money. I married someone who was in, in financially difficult situation, very, very difficult. And I was the one with the money in this marriage. She's the one with the money. How perfect is that? right? It doesn't have anything to do with me getting clients. 
But how perfect is that to constantly mess with my head, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, four years ago, I was living on a sinking wooden boat, which people looked at and said, oh, my God, that's so cool. It's so beautiful. I'm like, yeah, well, it is. But I got 200 gallons of water going through the bilge every day. I never thought so, it looked that great in winter, I have to say. <laughs> I saw your pictures of it in the snow. Like, no, thank you. Because it was like, no one would want to do this and look at me doing it. But, but um, so like all these things go on. Look, if I, if, if I, I mean, I've, I've had times while I was waiting to settle an insurance claim on that broken neck injury after, you know, really taking this dive financially where, where I was suicidal. You know, I remember laying on my office floor for 24 hours or more. Um, and I knew if I got up, I'd kill myself. I had I had a loaded gun in the room and I was and I was I was laying there because I didn't want to kill myself. And and I'd been listening to Eckhart Tolle 24 hours a day and Dr. David Hawkins and like I'd been studying everything I could to find out what the hell is inside me. Like what is all this? Where does turmoil come from? What is all this about? Look, the the net result of all of this is if I need money, I'll go down to the hardware store and get a job. I'm not going to place needing money on wanting to work with you as a coach. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And if I was if I was homeless on the side of the streets, I'd still coach you. It wouldn't either way, it doesn't matter. My purpose in life is to bring joy and fulfillment into this moment. That's it. Like, I don't care. I really genuinely do not care. And any of my clients that listen to this or people who've worked with me will know that to be true. I, I don't care. I'll charge you the fee, but I also don't care. You know, I've had plenty of times where I had didn't have two, two stones to rub together. And I've had plenty of times where I just wasted money. I had plenty, tons, and I didn't know what to do with it. Now I have this really cool sort of like balance of it where I'm careful with money for the most part. And, and I really appreciate resources because they're here for everyone. Like everything we need is here. But also allowing yourself to have it, the use of it is what we're all working with, right? We're all working. This, I read something that said that, uh, that we abuse ourselves till we think we finally deserve to be who we are already, right? And I think that doesn't show up anywhere more than with money. So... So your money situation is almost always a result of how much you think you deserve to be there. And, and that's, boy, I've pissed people off with that statement. But, you know, if you think it's not true, let's just go earn some money. Because, you know, you can earn money at lunchtime. You can, you know. Just depends how much you want to abuse yourself to do it or to not do it. And... Um, I don't know. Client acquisition is the easiest thing in the world if you if you just if you just genuinely want to help somebody and have some basic skills to do it with and are, you know, can be present with a person, just honestly there with them and willing to work with them on something that they actually want to do, you know? It's not that hard to get paid for it. Yeah, totally, totally with you. But I've had somebody come up recently, and I just feel like, ah, oh, I, 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 I've been in this situation where I, I wanted some help and some support, and I just, I wish somebody would give me a break and and provide that. And I'm thinking, well, I can do that. I can do that. 
So why why wouldn't I? There's like there's some real joy in doing that, and I I told this person this that I that I recognised I recognised that knew what that was like, and we we're probably both close to tears because I just think there have been times when I thought like I, I wish somebody would give me a break. What I've realised is there are loads of people out there, whether you have money or not. If you there are plenty of people out there who will help you and support you, plenty of coaches who will be happy to talk to you at least once. Um, mm. and some more times than that with, without you paying them, you know. So um, help help and support is there if we're willing to go and ask for it, right? And, and, along, and along with that, Phil, is also, I think it's also really useful. And I, and I don't know, you know, I, I would have a hard time judging myself on this and, and giving myself a score, but, but it, it's really important for a coach to be able and willing to – do the work of helping a person see the value of a long-term coaching relationship mm. that, that, that there will absolutely be times when you do not like your coaching process. <laughs> you don't like it. You're, there's, there are definitely going to be times where you did it out of hopefulness, not out of determination and not out of commitment, you know, but, but to explain, you know, to, to do the work of, 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 uh, you know, the work of, of, of just noticing that the problems that show up are the reason you're here. So keep going. For God's sake, just keep going. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, I used to take monthly payments and do things in shorter terms. I don't do it anymore. Every, everything's prepaid. Um, six months is the, the shortest time I work. Um, and and I think that that's purely out of – that's out of, uh, out of respect for the people I'm working with that, that – you know, I'm willing to do the work of getting them to see it, the, the, the value in themselves and what they can create if they will stick with something really hard over a longer period of time and end up having it be really fun. Because, you know, for yeah. the most part, they hate me, but they love me. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of my favorite uh, client testimonies, I think, I think it is on my website, a client said to me, uh, what well, he, he offered it to me as a testimony. It said something like, uh, I want to say, Thank you and fuck you at the same time, which I thought was just perfect. Anyway, so you know what? You've been around, like me, you've been around um, the coaching community um, and you've been in coaching communities, professional coaching communities, as in being communities professionally, um, for quite some time as well. In Perhaps inside some communities that many people just look at from the outside. So I wonder for you whether, is there anything there that you think because like i say on my intro in every episode here where we peel back the board crap and brush away any photoshopping what do you think perhaps um might be some of the biggest misconceptions about people looking at other coaches might be <laughs> the biggest ones the most obvious ones uh that it's it's grass is always greener on the other side mm -hmm. right someone has it easier someone has some advantage it I think all people do this in, in most cases when they're having a challenge, it's because of something external rather than internal. It's the, the perception is that there's something out there rather than that. It's just in here. And, 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 um, I mean, one of the things that I love to do with any, with any client, um, <laughs> ergo with myself is, <laughs> is to just sit in this moment and, and breathe without, without stopping on either, without holding my breath, you know, in places, but just to breathe and really check in, is everything okay right now? Right in this moment, is there anything that's wrong? I mean, like genuinely 
right now. And there isn't. There really isn't. Even when I was in that accident where my neck got broken, I mean, it was exactly what needed to happen given the situation I was in. It was everything was going exactly as it was happening, perfectly. So even in the worst, even when that with the excruciatingly delicious pain I was getting, even that made total sense to me in that moment. I was like, oh, because you know it's broken. See how that works, right? It's not wrong. It's that's how what was going on because that's how it is. And in that moment, right? It's everything's easy. Well, people are looking for an answer for how to become a better coach, how to build a business, this stuff. Look, do the trainings, sign up for people, go to Prosperous Coach, work with Steve Chandler, work with Steve Hardison, work with, um, work with Phil Goddard, you know, work with me, work, you know, work with people, go where you see, you know, go where you see something that looks of, of interest to you. If it looks like it's a challenge, something to grow with, but it's not outside you. You're only ever going to work inside you. There's nothing out there for you. It's it's only you're looking to find ways to 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 let go of the challenge in you. And so and so, coaches, people who want to become coaches, people who are looking. My experience has always been this: Where's the place I need to go to get it? And it's like fucking sit in your chair and <laughs> close your eyes, man. I mean that's it. And then do that with people. And but do the trainings, go to Africa, you know, going to Africa, going to these things, realizing that I was spending way too much money on stuff at some point because it was I actually had the ability. And then instead, just just helping anyone I met, you know, just being always willing to help people, um, you know, that came from, you know, all the coaching. The Tony Robbins stuff was great. So all of it's good, but none of it's out there. It was all inside me. And that, you know, that was the, the interesting thing. Um, it's easy. It's easy to think it's outside. Yeah. And I have to say, when you said about the Tony Robbins thing, I'm thinking, well, I definitely don't have you down as a Tony Robbins style coach. <laughs> Look, I'm a, I'm a hypnotist. I'm a certified, nationally certified hypnotist. I'm an NLP master practitioner. And, you know, I'm a salesman yeah. for God's sakes. You know, yeah. I, yeah. all that stuff it's really cool and and i and i know how to embed words and you know and things and do all, you know all this it's yeah there's tools get tools tools are great but but the tools you know use your power for good look inside improve the quality of you in the in the world and and then that will grow clients if you want them and, and again for me like i'm not looking for a lot of clients i like to work with a couple people mm-hmm. and um, and that wasn't what I thought. I thought I wanted to have this practice with, you know, eight or 10 clients or 20 clients. Or, and, and I don't. I, the truth is I love spending time with my wife. I'm an artist. I love doing art. I play my guitar. I, you know, I love, to, I love to just enjoy life. And, um, and also I coach. So I don't know whether you'll even answer, want to answer this question, but I'm sure you'll give it a shot, right? If you look back, even perhaps just those five years, um, but maybe maybe more than that, I think, yeah, if you were to give a rich Richard Morgan, who was in that room um, almost exactly five years ago, in September 2013, the, the guy that I saw down at the front there, if you were to give him a message from this lovely guy who's in front of me now, what, what might that be? Go give that bald guy a hug. <laughs> and that would have been so welcome by the way that really would have been so welcome 
I felt like such an yeah. imposter. But the, the the funny thing there was, and I'm sure this happens at every single coaching event we go to, because for me, like the biggest misconception is everybody's fucking killing it, you know. Whereas um, everybody I speak to behind the scenes is like, oh, it's a real bumpy ride at times. Yeah, no, I don't have that particular bit down, and I have this going on, and you know, um, my life's a fucking mess, and I notice these shameful thoughts that I should have my life together. It's like we all have exactly the same thing going on you know so for me the biggest misconception is that we look at other people and think their life's so much better than our own yeah yeah and and so looking back um here's the thing that i've come to realize on on a day-to-day everyday basis now is that everyone is just me we're all just experiencing this thing we're just a meat tube right everything passes (laughs) through our big tube the big meat tubes walking around in the grocery store looking for more stuff to jam through the tube. We're just humans, man. We're all just people. And and when I was back in that room <clears throat> five years ago, I thought we were all different values. That we were all different like worths. And so I was scared and I and I wanted I was I thought that, you know, I needed to be more and all this stuff and and, and what I've come to realize is that I looked over and saw you and, and immediately thought, there's a really loving guy. And I, I mean that. Like, I really saw that then. I, I remember recognizing it and, 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 then, and then being afraid. And I can remember those feelings. And I'm telling you right now, that, you know, I alluded to, a, to laying on the office floor to, to let emotions pass, to, to integrate emotions rather than, you know, be afraid of them, just to stay there until they left. Right. It's interesting that all this fear of other people was just fear of myself. It was just a fear in me. And and if I were to look back or if I were to give anyone, you know, any new coach, it's not really advice. It's just I can tell you what I've seen. And that is that nobody out there is anyone other than you. So if you see somebody that you recognize a little bit, go over and, you know, go find out more about who you are in them. You know, go do that. It's we're we're in a we're in the business of people. We're in the business of of uh, of creating, exploring, and it's it's very much a, a a people business. So do people, do people. Richard, time's flown by. So I just have this final question yep. to ask you. So in summary, for you, what is the purpose of your work? To bring joy and fulfillment into each and every moment to love yeah thank you richard it has been a joy talking with you yeah and so there we have it the beauty that is the gardener of the human spirit richard morgan in this conversation richard has described a journey that is common for so many coaches that of shifting from endlessly trying to manipulate and convince is the word Richard used, trying to convince people to work with him, convince people of everything, all the time, everywhere, including himself, that he was good enough. He said, now they can just do what they want. Now he just invites people to talk and explores. Like most coaches on this journey, eventually we do relax into our curiosity and allow things to unfold and simply love people. I love that idea. Idea, coaching people by loving them. I always love Richard's openness and honesty too. He said, I never do anything for anyone else. Wow. And that's true. You know, if we look deep enough, that's always the case. And I love the honesty of that, that he sees and owns that whilst at the same time being dedicated to being of service and helping people. 
He also said client acquisition is the easiest thing if you just want to help somebody and have some basic skills to do that and you're willing to be present to them and work on something that, well, that they want help with. So simple, so simple. And then that piece at the end, if you see someone that you recognize, go learn more about who you are in them. This is the people business. Go do people. Richard embraces the challenges of coaching and of life, always looking to grow and become more open so that he may experience that purpose he spoke of, to bring joy and fulfillment into each and every moment. I'd love to hear from you. What are your challenges in your coaching practice and in your life? What's that one thing perhaps that you keep coming up against? Get in touch and let's maybe explore. And each month I'll be selecting someone that's contacted me and shared with me to have a follow-up conversation that may be featured in a future episode of this podcast so what's your one challenge right now I'd love to explore helping you with that and you can help other coaches by sharing links to this episode to your community on social media or your email list or by simply recommending it to other people that you talk to and I'd really appreciate it if you would take just one minute to leave an honest review on iTunes it will make a huge difference in helping people find this podcast and if you do that please let me know I may have something for you in return and finally if you're interested in joining me and some other amazing coaches at a coaching life live event in person later this year in London drop me an email to phil at philg.com and I'll send you details as soon as they're available personally I'm so excited about this getting a bunch of people in a room in person and exploring what it is like to live a coaching life I can't wait and you know it looks like we may be doing something in the US early next year too. How about that? How about that? So excited about that. Okay. Thank you once again for listening. I wish you much love and joy.